Hellabass, Bass Fishing Podcast, episode 142. Today, deep dive into boat and marine batteries. RJ Cotts from Powerhouse Lithium is going to help us break down all your power questions, and hopefully you're all charged up after this episode. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. Here we are. Wednesday night, Hellabass Live. What's going on, everybody? We're on a, we're on a roll. We're not staying on our normal nights. Wednesday nights, it's going well. Um, excited to be here talking some fishing and talking some boats and batteries and I guess just getting charged up for the season. What's going on, RJ? Hey, Rich. How's it going? Good. So you're uh, all traveling the south right now. Like, Yeah, hitting... Where uh... in the world is... Is RJ right now? Tell the folks where you are. Uh, Opa Opalika or Opalika, uh, depending on who you talk to. Opalika, Alabama, um, in a uh, in a cockroach hotel. We didn't want to come to you live <laughs> from the from the road, so we uh, we pulled into a hotel. And uh, an eighty five dollar hotel in Alabama is a little bit different than an eighty five dollar hotel in Nebraska. <laughs> Do you wish you would have spent ninety dollars now? I don't even know if that would have done it. <laughs> I don't know if that would have done it. Nice. Yeah. Is, is it one of those that's, uh, it's, uh, looks, was it, uh, looks good from afar, but far from good? Yeah. The, the hotel lobby was very deceiving. We, uh, we thought we scored a bargain and then got to our room and that wasn't the case. I like the classic curtains. It's a good look. Um, yeah, they're nice. Brian says the audio and video is good. Yeah, not, they're not even dated at all. Very trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely updated recently. AJ's in the house. Fellow Nebraska, AJ. AJ, he's here. Yeah, that's uh, that's the back of the boat hammer right there. Yeah, I don't know if you guys talked about that the last time he was on, but uh. I think he was he was leading the Nebraska State tournament out of the back of the boat. That's mm-hmm. not who you want to draw. Pretty pretty solid painter as well. If you're into rock crawlers, mm-hmm. he's your guy. Yep, yep, for sure. <clears throat> lots of familiar faces, lots of members. Good to see everybody. So tonight is all about uh, batteries. We're gonna do a deep dive on. Charging systems, batteries, trolling motors, graphs, power sources, what's good, what's bad, what the history, where we're going, all that stuff. And we're just, uh, we've got a list of questions to go off of people that left them ahead of time, uh, but obviously you want to get to a bunch of questions that people have live in chat. Um, so get them ready for tonight. Um, Brian, good reminder. Let's get our thumbs up out of the way now. It's a good, good idea. I like your thinking, Ryan. Uh, so I guess before we get too hot and heavy while people are rolling in, RJ, maybe just give us a little 
a little backstory on uh, yourself and Powerhouse. Right. So I was uh, I was born and raised in Nebraska. Um, not the optimal place to, to to be born at if you want to be in the fishing industry. But uh, anyways, I uh, always had an interest in, in power storage and uh, kind of looked into getting into this. And and uh, I had Bob Croxton as a as a mentor, and he was kind of helping me along. Uh, getting started and and uh, after a while he had a lot of good ideas like the 16 volt and a few other things he's the mad scientist behind it all um, he uh, he he pitched a bunch of good ideas at me and I said you know why don't we just why don't we do this together so um, so it's me and Bob and Bob's actually right over here he's uh, he's passed out on the bed in the cockroach hotel Very cool. And so you guys are based out of Nebraska, right? Nebraska and Atlanta. Our warehouse is in uh, just right north of Atlanta. Um, so, yep. Based out of northeast Nebraska, technically, though. Correct. So what 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 uh, made you guys decide to get into the, the power game in, in uh, lithium and batteries and so forth? Uh, like I said, just a just a big interest in how everything works, and and doing a lot of research, and uh, and then realizing all the cool things that you can do with it, and things that people people haven't probably otherwise thought of, and bringing those to reality, bringing those ideas to reality was really the the whole uh, purpose behind it. Right on, right on. So I'm seeing a few questions rolling here, and I'm starring them. So be patient. We'll get into those. We just want to set the stage a little bit here. Um, I guess, obviously, primarily, you guys are uh, in lithium, and you feel that's where like the industry is going. Um, right. But I assume you know a fair amount about traditional battery and and some of the comparisons and things like that. I guess from your perspective, what is the like? Obviously, I don't know if you've been in fishing for a while, right? If you go back just even. 10, 15 years ago, it was probably, I don't know, 90% lead acid. And then we kind of had probably maybe a decade of, that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe a decade of where AGM, you know, Optima kind of came in at first right. and they were kind of leaders in AGM and the blue tops and all those. And then there's been a lot of AGM and now in the last, let's call it five-ish. I mean, lithium has been around longer than that, but I would say they've really started to gain popularity and become a little more readily available in the last five years, give it or take. Like what, mm -hmm. what are the, right. I guess the big, big differences, obviously there's a tons to get into the technology, but like high level, what's the big differences between the old lead acid into AGM and then kind of lithium. Right. So the biggest, the biggest thing to me is the ability to, to store a lot more energy in the same amount of space. Um, so we're able to utilize the spaces in the backs of our boats because, um, they, they just keep getting more full and, uh, and being able to utilize that space is, is crucial. Um, the other thing is weight. Um, weight's, weight's another big factor. Um, you know, a lot of boats probably pick up a little bit of performance, uh, dropping a little bit of weight out of the back of the boat. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the two biggest things I would say. Yeah. One small note, if you're fidgeting with that uh, headphone case, it's probably making your audio come in and out. That's probably, yeah. Was it opening? I think I was opening it. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably not helping. Um, cool. Um, 
Yeah, so really the biggest advantages, right? Lithium, like you said, more compact, lighter weight. Um, mm-hmm. I guess a constant delivery, right? Of yep. I guess is voltage. Yep. Is that the correct term or voltage drop? Yep. So really, the, the traditional methods of lead acid and AGM, you start at the very best of whatever thirteen point twelve volt battery is what thirteen four or something like you, that when it's fully charged. Or? Yeah, yeah, but in reality, you're probably looking at high twelves. Yep. Right, but I mean, like you On get that AGM. for like a minute. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then it's and a slow charge off, and it's yep, correct. Right. So like. Right. You get your best performance in the morning, and then you get a slow degradation, whether it's your trolling motor, your graphs, or anything else throughout the day. Correct. Um, so really, the only only downside uh, to lithium is maybe the initial price. <laughs> the upfront investment is maybe a little higher, but like I think you could argue, um, in some cases depends on the level of use and how long you're going to keep them right that the the lifetime cost can be on par if not advantageous right and i think i think the best example of that is we offer a we offer a single 36 volt 60 amp hour battery it's it's one battery um but that one battery is going to give you equal if not maybe slightly better maybe uh, around 10 percent more more runtime more power than three lead acid batteries in series for your trolling motor. And we can do that with one battery. Um, and that, that battery retails for $12.99.99. Now, you know, uh, a decent AGM battery that you might expect to get four years out of, three years, maybe. Um, they're, they're going for what, four, 450, I think they are now. So you're actually more money into, into a set of AGMs um, than, than just buying one 36 volt lithium. Now with that, you know, obviously comes, uh, needing a new charger and other things like that. But, uh, in the long run, you're talking, you're talking a set of three batteries. That's $1,300, um, AGM, it's going to last you three years or a, you know, a 10 to 15 year lithium battery. That's, that's $1,300. So there are, sure. there are, there are ways around that, you know, to, to spend the same amount and, and get more, but. Yeah, for the most part, um, the initial investment is going to be is going to be a little bit heavier than than with a, a lead acid AGM setup. <laughs> Good analogy, uh, Brendan. <laughs> he said lead acid dies throughout the day, just like your spirit if you're not catching them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> <clears throat> A couple early questions in here. So Funk E Fisherman said he's he's looking for a lithium upgrade. So this is the show for him. He said he's got cranking battery and he's looking at trolling motors. So we'll definitely dive into some of the options and probably expand upon what RJ talked about about you know 12s versus 24s versus 36 and the advantages and disadvantages and some of that. Um one thing I, I know this comes up in uh Nebraska and Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin is uh you know what do you do in the winter? Do you just hook them up intermittently? Do you charge them? Do you not charge them? Do you store them charged? Do you store them partially charged? Should they come in? Like, what right. is the recommendation, I guess, like from, from your perspective? Or what do you tell your customers to do with their lithium batteries? So if you're going to store them in a heated garage and you're, you know, you're not using them for, for three or four months out of the year, 
Um, it's fine to leave them in the boat. Looks like he uh, stalled out there a little bit. I got lost. Are you watching over there? Did I we lose you now a little bit? Yeah, you're, you're kind of back I'm now. Here. Okay. All right. So you were, you were about to say like if it's if it's heated. So I guess your definition of heated does that mean like 70, 40? Like what what's your definition? Like of a temperature controlled garage, uh, like fifty degrees. 50, okay. 50 degrees or warmer. That's going to be optimal. Um, so yeah, if, if you're storing it in a heated garage, then you're going to want to keep it at 50% or above uh, throughout the winter. Um, and then uh, if you're if you're storing it outside or in a in a in a closet or something that isn't isn't heated, you're going to want to pull those batteries out and take them inside. Uh, and then the same thing, just keep them above 50%. Uh, it's not it's not uh, as much of a chore as it used to be with our left bass and batteries having to drag those inside. Um, you know, obviously with lithium being quite a bit lighter, it's it's a lot easier on the back pulling them out every year than 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 doing that with lead acid. Sure, and I guess that would be the advantage of a a twenty four or thirty six battery, right? Is like if I've got to pull three twelve yeah. volts, right? I got a bunch of wires and jumpers, right? And all those things dangling. You can pull I one battery, like, right? label them and like all that stuff right. on a, a 36 or 24 volt system depending on the size of your trolling motor right it's literally a couple cables and you're in just and out connected so. from your from your main lead right yep in and out right. so not a big deal yeah so basically if you're above freezing in your garage if you're hanging in the 40 50s leave them in the boat turn turn your turn your breaker switches off yep. on your boat uh make sure they got some kind of charge on yep. them and do they correct like you know, in Minnesota, where we've got, I don't know, three, four, maybe five months solid of winter, like if you charge it uh, end of October and you go out there, yep. uh, let's say April, what would you expect that battery to be at after sitting for four months? So our batteries are, are programmed through the BMS to expel 1% of their overall energy monthly. So if you started off with a 100% battery in October, you know, in November, you're going to be looking at probably 90, 99% and so on and so forth. So by, you know, by April, you're going to be above 90%. Yet. Okay. So very little. It's just, yeah. The BMS itself. Very little. Right, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like it's operating and checking the battery and doing its things. And it's going to just kind of just trickle off a little bit at that point. Um, right. What yep. about. Yep. Just to keep everything awake. What about the people that recommend to say like leaving it plugged in like if you've got a smart charger whether it's like one of your chargers or a power pole charger is that like good yeah. not good you not recommend that there's there's not really a, a real good purpose to to put a lithium battery on a on a maintain charger um the best the best practice is to top that battery off and then unplug your charger because it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything that that lithium absorbs energy a lot better and it's trickle charging does does nothing and and most of the time if you have a quality battery that bms isn't going to accept the charge it's gonna it's already shut down it's told the charger hey i'm done charging and the charger will turn off sure. so no um, no so real good reason to do that to leave it plugged in
Yeah, I guess it's kind of so it says, is it bad to keep a lithium battery 100% charge when stored? Like any electric vehicle, they don't recommend charge to 100%. But I guess what you're saying is the BMS will no. basically. Or... Yep, correct. Yep. Nice. Um, I guess touch on BMS. We're throwing out the acronym BMS, but maybe not everybody knows what a BMS is, RJ. That's the battery management system. It's basically a computer chip inside that battery uh, that controls all the parameters, uh, all of your safety features, so on and so forth. It's the it's the brains behind the battery. Right, and that's kind of what maybe the difference is in definitely the newer leading brands like yourself in lithium is the BMS systems that make these more than, I guess that's another differentiator we didn't really talk about, right? Traditional lead-based yep. batteries are, they don't have BMSs. They don't have smart systems. They're not, I mean, Correct. this is a much more right. active piece of technology than a traditional battery. Maybe just go a little bit more on what that really means and what that does and how that's changed and what, you know, what special things can the BMS do for you? So the, the main purpose is going to be, is going to be for your safety features that are, that are built into that BMS, um, like over, over voltage protection, under voltage protection, over temp protection, under temp protection. Uh, and what that's going to do is, is if that battery ever gets out of the, the parameters that it was designed to be ran through, if it ever gets outside of those parameters, the the battery is going to the terminals are essentially going to disconnect themselves from the, from the battery pack um and and cut power to it so then you're not you don't you don't have voltage or uh um, thermal runaway or anything like that right so that basically is the safety fail it's just like the uh I don't know the the mm-hmm. what do they call it? On your, like on your motor right on your outboards the newer outboards they'll go into guardian mode they won't let you run out yep. of oil they won't let you yep. Yep. do right. things that will cause it to yep. catechismically fail or have any kind of uh, safety issues or just like your trucks and your newer vehicles have those types of features um, so it's it's all related yep. to that and that's Correct. probably the biggest difference Correct. than maybe what you heard about batteries you know maybe the first lithiums that came out a decade ago probably didn't have as maybe either didn't have BMSs or not a ro- as robust of BMSs that modern lithiums have. Right. Right. Correct. They've and then I think the, the, yeah. And then the BMSs also allow you to do apps and talk to your phones and do all kinds of fun stuff. Right. Like, so I assume powerhouse has some kind of app to yep. like watch and maintain your batteries and. Yep the the work the the Bluetooth feature works in conjunction with the BMS, uh, so you're able to go on the Powerhouse Lithium app and and see everything from your your overall pack voltage uh, to the internal temperature of internal cell temperature of your pack, um, ever anything you could ever imagine um, wanting to wanting to see on your battery you can see from that app. You can even go as far as dialing into each individual cell and seeing the voltage of each individual cell. Um, we can, we can calculate, uh, the cell differential based on that, uh, which is how we, you know, diagnose, you know, over the phone, if you, a customer calls us and says, Hey, uh, you know, I think something's not working right. We can dial into, we can dial into that battery remotely, have them, have them send us a picture of their cells. Uh, from that I can gather whether or not, Hey, this is a battery issue or, Hey, you want to look further up the line? 
this isn't a battery issue. Your battery is perfectly fine. You might want to check, you know, he might want to check something further up the line. Right. Wiring, fuses, grounds. Right. You know, so we're able things. to eliminate the battery. Whereas in, in the past, um, you have an issue like that and you don't really know where to go. Whereas now we can dial into that battery, see exactly what's going on. I can say, hey, yeah, that battery is working great. Or, hey, no, that battery isn't working. You were correct. Um, move up the line. So, Cool. Right on. It's uh, a big so time saver for sure. For sure. Great. Yeah. So just to clarify, back to JJ's point, is there any harm or risk to leaving your lithiums hooked up to a charger? No, you know, as long as it's a it's a lithium charger, as long as it's a, a charger that's designed to charge lithium, that charger should turn off. Uh, that charger should turn off as soon as it hits the, the target voltage and, and knows that it's fully charged, it should turn off and it should turn back on. So not really, but like I said, at that point, is there really a, is there really a reason to leave it plugged in? Right. Okay. Yep. Hopefully we got the, so let's see here. want to uh, recognize uh, T1D Steve became a member tonight. Awesome. Much appreciated. Got to give him the old uh, one of us, one of us. Welcome to the team, Hella. Let's see here. Lots of good questions coming in here. So Stephanie says, do all lithium batteries let you know they're going to die? Uh, or do you have to, without spending more money, to get the apps that show you everything? And I think that probably really depends on the manu manufacturer that, to manufacturer, with human, how they're set up, right? You know, for the most part, a lithium isn't really going to give you any warning. Um, if you don't have a, if you don't have a, uh, Bluetooth monitoring system, I mean, you can watch the voltage and, and kind of have a pretty good idea of when it's going to die. But in, in terms of knowing when it's going to die, uh, not, not a real good, no, there's no real good pointer that's going to, that, that you can, that you can look to, to say, oh yeah, that battery, you know, that battery is about ready to die because they, they work, they work at, at full capacity all the way until the end and then they just fall off and they're done. Right, which is just like if you've got a whatever a Ryobi weed eater or a weed chopper or a, a Black and Decker drill or right all those lithiums they go one hundred percent until they don't go one hundred percent until they don't. Right, right, yeah. yep. But Same I, thing with the I, with the lithium boat batteries. But I assume your guys's app and all that is included. So if you buy a battery, the app. You just connect them. I mean, is there no extra cost to run the app? Is there? Correct. Yep. Our uh, nope, and all all of our batteries that are that are forty amp hours and larger um, are compatible with the powerhouse lithium app, and the app is free. Um, we even have a we even have a twelve volt eight amp hour Vexlar battery, which is the very first in the industry to have a, a Bluetooth module. So now you can you know you can monitor your your Vexlar charge out on the water as well, which is real handy. Nice. Uh, Brandon says he just got two 12-volt powerhouse lithiums. <clears throat> uh, and he wants to know. Hey, he has thanks, a two Brandon. Bank no yeah, he's got a two-bank NACO charger or NOCO. 
He says, do I just hook up each mm -hmm. battery with each bank? Yeah. So yeah, if it's <clears throat> definitely yeah. So it's just like if you had two. Yeah, it's just like your lead, lead acid or AGM. Yep. Right. Yep. No different. No different. Just make sure it's on the lithium setting is the only thing you you change really. JJ says, thanks for the info. <clears throat> All right. Mainstream Fishing. He's one of us now. Welcome, Jermaine. Awesome. Got to give him uh, his due. <laughs> Appreciate it. Let's see. Yeah, I did say Black & Decker. We're talking about hedge trippers. Hedge trimmers, Brandon. You know that. Uh, so Chris says, do lithium batteries need to be placed in a storage mode when not used for a few weeks? Something about RC cars recommended that. Now there's, yeah, there's not really a storage mode. Uh, there's no, no way to set them in any kind of storage mode other than just unhook them basically. Mm -hmm. All right. Nick says he just got a new Minkota PC charger this winter in preparation of adding lithium as he goes. Um, is that pretty good charger? The Minkota PC? Yeah, that'll compatible work. With yeah. Yeah. So I actually used a, a Minkota PC charger for quite a while. Um, you're just going to want to make sure that you have that on the AGM setting. Um, this is this is per uh, Minkota. The the AGM setting will charge a lithium battery on on that charger. Um, they've also got a, a Minkota PCL, which was specifically designed for the lithium batteries. But yeah, the PC will work, um, just not as just not as uh, well as the the, the PCL. Yeah, and the PCL just came out in the last year or so, I think. Um... Yeah, I think it's been about a year. Uh, yeah, and they've been <laughs> Johnson. Out we all love Johnson Outdoors, but those have not exactly been readily available, from what I've heard. <laughs> Much like the three sixties. No, they've like all been hard to get. <laughs> yeah, and the the Apex units, and yeah, I uh, I just about had to fight Bob for an Apex thirteen the other day. I finally found. I've been looking for. We've had two of them on order for for uh, a few months now. And uh, I finally found one down at Wetumpka Marine in Alabama. And uh, I got it. And Bob said, you know what? You don't need that thing. You got ice up there for the next four months. And so I said, all right, I guess you can have this one. And I'll find another one. And then I, I found out that, that apparently nobody's getting one until like this fall. So I ended hmm. up with, a, with an Apex 16, which is going to make my boat slower than it already is. But that's all right. But yeah, about uh, everything Chris, from them is, is is impossible to get. Chris, we're probably gonna we'll save the fantasy talk for next time. We got a little little window here before the next event, so we'll probably save fantasy talk for uh, another stream. Um, all right, a couple people trickling in, right around a hundred people tonight. That's cool. So Tad says, do you know how long a thirty-six volt fifty amp lithium will last? On a 112 Ultrex, 
coming from a guy who fished on 80 plus most of the time, can I get a full day? So basically he's asking if I fish, Tad's kind of a shallow power angler, you know, uh, running 80. Can he get a full day on a 112 out of a 50 amp 36 volt? You know, there's a lot of variables to that question. Uh, wind plays sure. a huge factor. Current plays a huge factor. Um, to, to put it into perspective, the easiest thing I, you know, way to explain it is if you have a brand new set of group 31 lead acids, you're looking at about 55 ish amp hours um, from the testing we've done. You're looking at about 55 amp hours. So with, with a, a single 36 volt 50 amp hour, uh, you'd have a little bit less than what you had with, with three lead acids. So if you could do it with three lead acids, then I'd say you'd probably be pretty close. Okay. And then, so the 30, you guys have 36 volts at different sizes, which, what size 36 volts do you guys have? Uh, we've got a 40 amp hour, which is really popular with the bass guys. All of our elite series guys run them. Um, a lot of, they're all running them in parallel. So they run two of them together um, for a total of 80 amp hours. Cool thing behind that is now not only do you have 80 amp hours, but you also have a 36 volt backup. So if you ever out on the water fishing, one of those batteries would go down, God forbid. The other one's going to pick right up where that one left off. You're going to continue on your day fishing unaffected. Um, it's, it's a backup system and, uh, and it works real well. So, um, mm -hmm. the other option is the 36 volt 60 amp hour. Um, now that's, that's real popular with the bass guys. They're running, they're running a single with that, just one battery. Um, like I said, that's going to be roughly 10% more energy than, than three group 31 lead acids in series. Um, and then, and then obviously there's, you can, you can do two of those in parallel as well for 120 amp hours. And that's, that's more so the, the, the deep V guys, we call that the DVX package. That's a, that's an in-tune Marine uh, term. <laughs> it's the, the DVX package, all the DVX 22 guys, they want, they want two thirty-six volt, 60 amp hours in parallel. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, they love them. So when you say DVX, you're talking about the big Vexus walleye boat, multi-species boats. Yeah, um, the big, yeah, yeah, the big Vexus, yeah. Yeah, Brian Brian and Teal up there at Intune Marine uh, put put those uh, those 36-volt, 60-amp hours, two of them in, in about every, every every DVX that comes through their shop. So guys have been loving that, them. So. Is that because the walleye guys are just, they're just gonna is that almost like replacing their kicker motor as far as they're just gonna troll so hard with their their uh using their trolling motor versus a kicker motor and they just yeah yeah a lot of them are pulling plugs with uh they're pulling plugs with their with their trolling motor which when you have 120 amp hours along with mm -hmm. the running gun system you can you know you can do that um and, and part of it is just because they want the DVX guys, they want, they want the best of everything. And, and that's what they get. They'd probably put three of them in there if they could fit them. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, so going with a single 60 amp would be a little bit, I mean, it would be less expensive than two, two forties. Um, also you could do it for space reasons, right? You might yep. have a, 
especially yeah. if you maybe if you have an 18 foot boat or an old every every back compartment's different and and some of the newer ones are getting a lot more spacious but if you're retrofitting you may not yeah. have room for two 36s although the what how does a the 36 the so the, the the 30 the 40 amp hour is a group 31 so I mean, most size wise most right so if you have a 31 two of, okay mm-hmm. agm that you're replacing right if you have three of them then you're going to replace those three with your with two 40 amp hours um and then what that does is that frees up a spot for your for your 16 volt electronics battery to go in the position of the third one. And now you're not using any more space, but you have way more power. Mm-hmm. And then the 60 amp is a little bigger than a 31 then, or? Yep, the, the 60 is a group 5D. So that battery is roughly a half inch longer than a group 31, and then about three quarters of an inch wider. So it is a little bit bigger battery. Um, but we do sell the trays for those as well. We may, we manufacture a heavy-duty aluminum tray. It's got a rubber pad in the bottom for shock dampening and vibration. Um, then it's also got a ratchet strap that goes over the top because everybody knows how to use a ratchet strap, but nobody knows how to use the TH Marine buckle. <laughs> you agree with that? I, you know how to I, do I it? I never had a problem. I don't know. You can't. Uh, you're not. A, you're not a guy that has to watch a YouTube video every time. Mm-mm. I'm impressed. I also don't take my batteries out ever, so you know. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> that could help. Uh, Marty says twice his Garmin 22 sent a message for check voltages, and he said within 15 minutes, basically his uh, the battery was dead. So, I guess maybe yeah, some Garmin, electronics. Yeah, uh, Garmin. Garmin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garmin will send you. Uh, will send you a. Uh, basically a notification on your screen and, and let you know that your that your unit's about ready to turn off you'll have you'll start getting connection issues it'll give you a connection error right before it right before it decides to let go all right so live in missouri outdoors said he bought a 30 a 14.8 volt 32 amp hour is that the right choice for a 10 inch live scope system? Um, I think a 10 inch live scope draws 2.3 amps on, on 12 volts. So 2.3 amps and then three quarters of an amp. So you're at 2.95 amps. So 32 divided by 2.2 point, two point, uh, So he should get about 2.95. Right. Yeah. Three amps. Yep. About ten hour. hours. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, if that's an NMC battery, that's not a. That's a nickel manganese copper, I believe, is what it is, and uh, and they have you know they're about half half the overall life expectancy of a life PO four battery, but um, a lot more cost effective. Like, there's a few questions about 16 volts, but I think we'll jump over there in a second here. But, like, uh, so I think we kind of touched on this. Uh, Scott wants, I guess, a little more, yeah, you know, the benefits of the 236, which we kind of talked about, but I don't, um, so I think, right? So, what we're right, so what we're going to do in that is we're going to hook positive to positive, negative to negative. So, basically, you're building one big battery, 
So you double your amp hourage. So if you have two 40 amp hour batteries, now you have 80 amp hours, which is going to be more than enough for, for almost anybody. Uh, but not only that, if you're ever out on the water and God forbid something happens to one of those batteries, one of them decides to go down, whatever the issue may be, your other 36 volts going to pick right up where that one left off. You're going to continue on your day fishing unaffected. Um, it's, it's, it's a setup for the serious tournament angler is what it is. Uh, and it'll eliminate, eliminates downtime on the water. Yeah. And then like, if, you know, whatever, something freak happens, right. For whatever reason, like we don't expect to have <laughs> bad batteries, but if for something wrong, you still, yeah, nobody, you can nobody plans that. It, one. Right. Right. Um, you know, right, and then right. you get, you have a it. window for the company you're working with for their customer service to do what they do and get you set back up. But that other 40 amp should get you. Right. By. Um, yep. Or it just gives you that extra depth of amp hours in case somebody unplugs your boat, somebody trips a breaker at the hotel that, you know, the, right. the beautiful suites that RJ staying at, you know, you would never expect a breaker to trip at a fine establishment like RJ's at tonight. No, not for here. $85 a night. Not here. But like if it happened, right. You, you got that <laughs> extra peace of mind. Yep. Correct. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit. We, uh, let's, we, we can, we can bounce back to some of this stuff, but let, uh, there's been several questions here. Uh, top toast is, does powerhouse lithium make a 16 volt for electronics? I think the short answer is yes. Um, and then Ryan's also asking what's the advantage to the 16 volts. So let's just, let's jump into that. What is all this talk about 16 volts? Because this is something that's even, I think, even a little more relatively new, if I'm not wrong, right? Like, these are, what, a year or two that mm-hmm. 16 volts have been around? Or how long have, how long have 16 volt? Yeah, we've... I guess batteries designated for graphs producing, been in the market. Yeah, a couple of years. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's really exploded. Um, the guys that are running them are have nothing but nothing but positive feedback. Um, is there any advantage to running? Uh, so the biggest... The biggest advantage to me is is it's the best way to combat voltage drop, right? So if you have a 16 volt battery, you drop you drop one you have one volt of drop throughout your entire um, wiring system. You're still at 15 volts. You've got an all right picture. Everything's fine. Uh, nothing's affected, right? You have a 12 volt battery. You have one volt drop. You're at uh, you're at 11 volts, and and your picture looks like straight garbage. Okay. So, so did, like, I guess, and I'm not, am I, I trying to do some research on this, learning as fast as I can, because this is definitely something that piques yep. my interest as somebody that's right. got a, a group 31 AGM, got mega 360. I've got live scope yep. late in the year. So, um, and that's my only battery and I'm asking it to do a lot. Um, and obviously, and I think each one of the manufacturers has a little bit different ceiling, right? On the volts that they're bet or they're, Right. Uh, head units were on. I needed some of the different series. Yep. Right. Yep. So like your, all of your Lowrance stuff is going to be 17 volts. uh, Max. Garmin is 18 volts on, uh, on the echo map series. The GPS map series is uh, right around 32 point some odd volts. Um, The, the black boxes for Garmin is uh, 32 volts. 
the black box, the active target box on Lorance is 32 volts. Um, and then uh, Humminbird is 20 volts on everything. So um, mm -hmm. we're well within the parameters on everything. And, and then what I'm hearing though, right, is anecdotally, and I guess I haven't been in a boat that's had it, but what I'm hearing is like, you give them those 16 volt batteries and they, they're just like, a, it's almost like a different unit. Like they just run that much better. They're that much crisper. The, the returns, the signals, is that, is that yeah. true? Is that really what's happening or? Yeah. So the biggest thing that we're seeing is like your hard returns come back a lot better. Um, they show up a lot more. They're more, they're more apparent. Um, and then the biggest thing I noticed like on forward facing sonar is out past 70 foot. Uh, it really wakes it up out past 70 foot. I'm seeing, I'm seeing my bait out, tracking my bait out further than I, than I did on 12 volt. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's one thing with my, I even got, I've got the, the 34 live scope plus, I didn't get to spend a ton of right. time with it this fall because I didn't get it till September. But I didn't really like you hear all these like 80, 90, 100 feet. And I was like, um, I'm not seeing it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so that'd be interesting to see. And that makes me kind of all the yeah. more interested in getting in, I mean, into a 16 volt system because that sounds really cool. Um, and then I think the other thing, right, is it gives yeah. you, <laughs> and I mean, we've got all these harnesses and you can wire it and do all these things to get clean power. But when you're on a separate battery, like that's. Yep and you combine that with the harnesses and wiring, that's, you really do have. Yep. That's hmm. yeah. You have the cleanest power possible at that point. Right. Yep. So you don't have to worry about voltage drop. You're getting clean power. Right. You've done everything within your power to eliminate interference <laughs> for the most part. Um, yep. Yeah. The and other, the other thing is uh 16 volt is, Go ahead. I was going to say the other thing you're doing is you're taking load off your starting battery typically by putting your graphs on their yep. own. So that's going to last longer. battery. Then, right. then you can just let the, the yep. whatever it is, whether it's lithium or AGM or whatever your starting battery is, you can let it do the pumps and start the boat and run your lights and do all those right. things and a lot less risk. And that, you're, you know, yep. dead at the end of the day when you go to and run in with 27 our, pounds in the lighter. <laughs> Right, and that's why our cranking batteries don't last very long because we put we put these huge loads on them. Uh, you know, guys running five, six graphs, live scope, mega three sixty, all that. Uh, put that huge load on them, and they just that's not what they're built for, and they don't last long. Um, so taking all of your electronics off of that that lead acid or AGM cranking and put them on a dedicated sixteen volt is you know ultimately going to make your make your cranking battery last last longer, also in theory. So. Um, one other thing, uh, your 16 volt stuff is it, it's going to run your, uh, equipment about 33% more efficient. So what that means is let's say your graph draws two amps on 12 volt on, on uh, 16 volt, you're only going to draw around one four. Hmm. So we can do, we can do more with less on 16 volt. So basically uh, a 16 volt 80 amp hour. If I if I hooked up a 16 volt 80 amp hour on a Garmin 1222, and I hooked up a, a 12 volt 100 amp hour on that same Garmin 1222, started them both at the same time, they're going to run pretty much neck and neck. They're going to run the same amount of time, and actually that that 16 volt will 
slightly outrun that 12 volt 100 amp hour. The 80 amp hour will outrun the 100 amp hour on the 12 volt. So you get more, more with less basically too. Interesting. It's how math works, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Steve, our new uh, channel member says, why does everyone preach harness and higher voltage? And then the manufacturers ship units with six foot of 18 gauge power cord. That's so, uh, so, so trying at sonar pros can make a living. Yeah, but I guess I think what he's asking, and I and, it, and I think this a lot of people, right, is like we run all this like a water hose of copper right through the whole boat, but then the last two to six feet is right. But I think it has to do with distance, right? Like you can get by with a thin strand of copper when you're only using it for two, three feet, right? Or something like that. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, that's that's the main thing is you want to have good power, good clean power up to that point. Once you make it to that point, you've got a you know, you've got a fire hose feeding a garden hose, so you're not going to be short on power at that point. But it does seem a little weird. It's like right, like I mean, obviously these screens we're paying a premium. They're not they're not giving away these uh, 16 inch apexes and 10 inch Garmin's and 12 inch. Lawrence's or anything, right? It's like, how much would it yeah. really cost them yeah. to run 14 gauge for six feet instead of 18 gauge wire, right? Like, and you think it would improve? Yeah, uh, you know, we've we've thought about that and talked about it, but the thing is, is you you cut that you cut that uh you cut that down past the fuse, and now you don't have a warranty, right? You know, if you want to put a if you want to put a, a bigger gauge cable on on the back of your unit you can't even do it if you wanted to nope definitely good good point you should email garmin and uh and let them know all right so back to the 16 volt does it require a different charger or i guess um how do you what's what's a typical setup for you guys um Let's just say, I mean, there's a bunch of different scenarios here, but let's say I'm going to, I'm going to keep my, my trolling motor batteries the way they are, whatever I got. And I've got a 31 AGM or what 29 or whatever's in my boat, but I want to add a 16 volt for my electronics. Yeah. So I just want to add a six. That's my only investment into lithium because I want to, how do you recommend, or what is your guys' solution or best solution for installing a 16 volt and getting somebody like that big benefit of the, the, the graph part of it with a 16 volt? Right, so you've got about you got three different options through us. We have a we have an AC wall charger. It's non-waterproof. It comes with an Anderson connector. The one end of the Anderson connector stays on the battery. The other end stays on the charger. You snap it together, plug it in the wall. Downfall of that, it's not waterproof. You have to take it out of your boat. Some guys like doing that. Um, I personally don't. Uh, your next option, we have a okay. So just, we have a sixteen just, volt ten amp. So just just to recap that yep. one, right? So this is basically a standalone, not installed charger. It's just like the old school, like plug yep. it in. Like yep. it's just like the plug like we used in, to do it. Clip it together. Fifteen years, yep. twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, yeah. Yep. Okay. And that's how much? Yeah, the bullet guys how much like that, that charger. That, extra... uh, that charger for a ten amp is one nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. 
Um, then your your next option we have a we have a waterproof onboard charger. Uh, it's about the size of a single bank, like ten amp Noco. It's not very big. It's you know it's probably four inches by four inches and about two inches thick. Um, and that's a waterproof charger. You can leave it on board. Um, yeah, just yeah, and it's got a wake up button on it. So if you ever kill your sixteen volt battery. Um, that's one thing we didn't go over is how to wake up a battery, but they'll fall asleep if you if you drain them out all the way. And then we have to run a set of jumper cables or something to a, to a battery that has a charge to wake it up while it's charging. Pretty simple process, not <laughs> not all that time consuming. But anyways, it's got the button on the charger, so you just hold down on that button and it wakes the battery up. So no more no more running jumper cables to wake up the battery if you ever do kill it. Um, that charger retails for uh, 140. Go ahead. I was gonna say, so it's a 140. So that just means we're gonna we're gonna add a second onboard charger dedicated to the 16 volt. So whatever right. your Minkota, your Noco, your Power Pole, whatever charger you got now that's running. It's all your on other, right. So you're just gonna put this in, and the only I guess the disadvantage here is you got to plug in two cords at night versus one. Mm-hmm. Right, and then. Uh, and that charger retails for $149.99. And then the third option, which is my personal favorite, is the run-and-gun charger. And uh, that charger is about the size of your TV remote, so it's not very big. It's got two two wires that come off each side. You have an input side and an output side. The input side is a positive and a negative. All you do is you hook that up to your cranking battery. The output side, you hook up positive and negative to your 16-volt battery. And then as long as you have 10 amps of input, meaning your, your charger is a 10 amp per bank, as long as you have 10 amps on that cranking battery, when you plug in that NOCO or that Minkota PC at home, it's going to pull that energy from the cranking battery through that 16 volt run and gun, charge your 16 volt run and gun all with that same plug. Um, now, not only that, but then when you're running down the water, it's gonna do the same thing. When you're running down the water, your it's your cranking battery is getting that energy from your alternator. Your run and gun charger sees that it starts pulling the energy across, converting it to 16 volt, and charging your electronics battery while you're running down the lake, which is uh, which is pretty cool. And we actually offer that system in 12 volt, um, 16 volt, 24 volt, and 36 volt. Yeah, that I'm 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 on board with what you're thinking, Nick. Right? Like, so so you're telling me I got I, I it's an onboard charger, but it's 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 like linked in, right? Like it's in yeah. I don't know, we'll call it parallel yeah. series with. So I I got my my starting battery, my AGM, whatever it is, and then I basically Bob, so whether I'm running down the lake, again? once I once my main motor is topped off to the point where it's like good, it's going to overflow. Some mad scientist. Or at home, yep. also, I plug in at night. Once my starting battery is recapped yeah, for plug. the day, then it's going over and overflowing. Um, yep, correct. That sounds yep. really slick. Yeah. And, cl- and clean. <laughs> and and then obviously you have the, the right. right. Then no matter how many <laughs> graphs you put on that thing. I mean, if you're one of those people that wants to run four or five, six screens and leave them on hundred percent brightness yeah, and run them hot, as long as you move around a little bit with the main motor, yeah. you got almost zero risk of ever like 
blowing that battery out. Right. Correct. Correct. Yep. That charger, that charger is 15 amps of output. So, you know, if you run one hour a day, you're putting 15 amps back into your, into your 16 volt battery. You know, I'd say the average system probably draws six to seven amps. So you run, you run an hour a day, put 15 amps back in your system draws six amps per hour. Uh, you've got, you've got two and a, you got two and a half hours of extra runtime on your graphs because you drove your boat for an hour. And how big is that little unit, or what? What's the size of that running gun? Uh, it's about the size of a TV remote. Bob's actually going to grab me one out of the truck so I can show you guys. All right, I suppose I could I could pull up the website too. That might uh, the, some people some visuals. Yeah, the running gun charger is one ninety nine ninety nine. So. That's what this guy oh, yeah, is here. And yep. so you guys have yep, there you go. What? 48, 60 and 80 and 160. What is what 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 are most people running for 16 volts? Like what's the most common or what what's the typical setup for that? Um the most common setups, the guys that are wanting the most out of their electronics typically already have a lot of electronics, so the the 80 amp hour and the 100 amp hour are probably the most most popular now most guys are way oversizing what they actually need just because you know they're spending the money they want the best so mm-hmm. yeah we're doing a lot of 80s and a lot of 100 amp hours um few a few uh of the 60s sprinkled in there and then the 48 amp hour is is pretty popular on the ice side um and guys with snow bears and stuff like that they're running their whole unit off of their whole entire snow bear off of one of those 16 volt 48 amp hours are real real small battery but i mean like where you guys say like three devices four to five that's assuming no run and gun right that's based off just that's it... right that's no run and gun not figuring in how much you're going to run around throughout a day um and that's pretty generic that's that's in place there for people that don't give us a call because if you give me a call i can i can spec out your units exactly what you have and tell you exactly what your amp draw is and uh and I can tell you exactly what you need and how many hours it'll run. Yeah, one second. I gotta let Bob in. Sure. All right, perfect. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so here's a. So here's the. The running gun charger. It's not very big. See, so you have your, you have your output right here. And you have your input. So this hooks up to your cranking battery. This side hooks up to your cranking battery. This side hooks up to your uh, 16 volt battery and you've got four holes right here for screws screwed up to your firewall done. So like to me, that seems pretty straightforward. Like you don't necessarily need to bring it <laughs> to your Marine dealer to inst- like, that's uh pretty right. So like basically you take your yeah. electronic leads off your AGM or whatever you have now, yep. you put them on your new battery, you get up a, a tray for your, right. Uh, right, and you're basically just hooking that up to there, and that's that's pretty cool. Yep, and then we'll also put a we'll also put a circuit breaker on the input side. Um, so not only does that give you another layer of protection, but also when you store it in the winter, your your charge light will stay on if you have a if it's hooked up directly to your cranking battery. So we just flip that circuit breaker 
and kill the light for the winter for storage. So hmm. nice. Right. That's uh yeah, Brian, you are not wrong. It makes me want to order one right now. <laughs> uh, he should. Yeah, I guess there was one question on uh so I guess yeah, on the run and gun, does it I mean, does it matter like how big your motor is, the size of the alternator, or is, have you seen anything where like older motors don't put out enough to fire the running gun or anything like that or smaller motors? Yeah. So on the, on the 12 volt and 16 volt running guns, we're going to want, we're going to want a minimum of like 20 amps output out of your outboard uh, to fire the running guns. Any less will do it. It just, at that point, it doesn't, it's not really beneficial because it's hard to keep it, keep it on when you don't have, have enough amperage to, to keep it lit up. But, uh, and then on the, the 24 volt systems and, the and the 36 volt systems, we want a minimum, minimum output of 45 amps on the, so you kind of basically on your big motor. Yeah. You got to look at your outboard yeah, alternator. Yeah, so, you your specs. so like, uh, yeah, so like a lot of you, all of your your two stroke Pro XSs are, I think they're fifty five amps. The the old E Techs are fifty or fifty five amps. The new Mercury four strokes are eighty five amps. The new Yamaha shows I think are seventy or eighty. So I mean, most of your you know most of your stuff is gonna be is gonna be compatible with that sixteen volt. The only the only thing you got to look out for is if you want to do like the 24 volt or 36 volt running gun. Devin says uh, he's got a 16 volt 80 amp and he runs three Helix 12s and a 15 with 360 and Mega Live. How many hours are you getting out of that, Devin? I don't know if I trust him. He's from Nebraska. Um, I didn't. I didn't know Devin even stayed up this late. <laughs> Bill Lemieux says I've got a sixteen one hundred with a running gun, two twelve inch helix, a fifteen inch helix, a twelve inch Garmin, and he's never been below seventy percent in a full day of fishing. Cool. Yeah, with that with that running gun charger, you know, especially if you're a guy that runs around a lot. I've, I've had several days on the river. In fact, I fished 13 days without plugging my boat in, um, fishing the river and, you know, you're making a, it's not, it's not abnormal to, to, to make a 40, 50 mile run. And there were several days where I would make that run and I get back to the ramp after a full day, after a full tournament day. And I pull open my powerhouse lithium app and my, my 12 volt cranking battery, my 16 volt electronics battery and my trolling motor battery are all at a hundred percent. Yeah. So the cool thing behind that is you get to the hotel after the, yeah, you get to the hotel after, you know, um, after weighing and, and everybody else is fighting over the three plugins at the hotel. And, and, uh, if you're running the powerhouse system, you're parked in the back and you've already got the tarp on the boat and <laughs> cracked open a cold one. You got the cold one and the smoker fired up and you're just living life. We just, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Devin says easily 10 hours. So, um, oh wow, Bill says that's because you get spun out too easy. I don't know who he's talking to. Uh, yeah, I can imagine like that tournament that I did well in the cross where I was running down to like you know, Stoddard, where it was like a 20 mile run every day. Like, I would imagine by the time you got back, you'd have a, you know, pretty good charge where you wouldn't have to ask much of your, oh, yeah, plugging in at night. And if, if it didn't, mm-hmm. you wouldn't, you'd plug them in because you'd want to. But if for some reason it didn't, or there was, you know, a circuit breaker, you wouldn't lose any sleep over it. So, especially when you were going to run 25 right. miles down there again there in the morning. <laughs> right. So, right. Right. Yep. That's been a big thing with the offshore guys. Um, they're running the 36 volt, 60 amp hour and spot locking for grouper. And, uh, they're loving the running gun system. They're, they're never plugging into shore power because they charge on their two hour trip out and then two hour trip in. And then they're two hours back out again. So by the time they get their, get back there again, they're fully charged and they don't ever have to plug in. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Jim, it, I guess, Yes, but it also it'll also work when you plug it in at night. So, yeah, so there is a way to do that. There is a way to do that. So option option one, what we want uh, a minimum of ten amps for the sixteen volt and the twelve volt running gun on your cranking battery. So most Minkota chargers, Noco chargers are going to put out ten amps. So that's not a big deal. The twenty four volt and thirty six volt running guns we want 30 amps on the cranking battery now how we do that is when you go from from three lead acid or three agm cranking or i'm sorry trolling motor batteries to your 36 volt lithium now you've got three banks worth of charger worth of charger leads that you have nothing to do with right they're just going to flop around in the back of your boat so we're able to repurpose those kind of retrofit your system to, to charge through your Minkota charger. And how we do that is if, uh, let's say you have a Minkota 440 PC, which is probably the most popular charger out there. You've already got 10 amps on your cranking battery, right? You've got three more banks over here. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna move two of those over. Now you've got three banks on your cranking battery for 30 amps. So now when you plug in that charger, when you plug in your Minkota charger at home, that running gun charger is going to see 30 amps coming to your cranking battery. It's going to think that your boat's running down the lake. It's going to turn on and start shuffling power across through the 36 volt running gun and charging your 36 volt uh, trolling motor battery. Now, once that 36 volt trolling motor battery tops off, then your running gun will turn off and then your cranking battery will finish uh, topping off from 80% up to hundred percent. The one thing I didn't add is, is that running gun won't turn on unless your cranking battery is at 80% or above. So we're not going to steal power from the cranking battery unless, you know, unless we can, we're not going to pull it all the way down. It's just to 80, 80% or above and then it'll shuffle across. So basically the running gun. So if you wanted to upgrade to the 36 volt system, the running gun lets you keep your existing three, four bank charger. Your existing charger, right. So it keeps you from having to buy... We've a also, new charger dedicated. Yeah, so we've also got a a charger that was designed for the running gun system, which makes your rigging a lot cleaner. It's a single bank, but it's a twelve. So it's a single bank, twelve volt, thirty five amp charger. Um, so all you need is if if you got a brand new boat that's uh, 
you've got a brand new boat that you want to rig out with the running gun system, that's the only charger you need. You plug in, plug in one, one plug, you're going to charge your 12 volt, your 16 volt and your 36 volt all off of one plug. Right. So if you're ordering a new boat and you really want to do it, you tell them, give me the $400 credit. <laughs> Don't put that charger in my boat. And then you, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 And it's going to rig a lot cleaner that way too, because you've only got one bank on your cranking battery, you know, as opposed to three or four. So. And probably even a little more weight savings in the end. The yeah. Ones, yeah. They're um, probably at 12 volt, 35 amp chargers. It's about an eight pound charger. You know, I think the Minn Kota PC is boy. probably, gosh, 25 pounds. At least probably. Yeah. And they run a lot cooler than the Minn Kota than the Minkota, yeah, they're they're cool to the touch. You can there's there's no heat on them at all. They've got a big old fan mounted on them. They're nice. Mm-hmm. And they don't take up very much room either. They take up a lot less room than a than a four forty or a four sixty. Uh, Justin wants to know: Does the run and gun cut into the life cycle of the batteries? You know, as far as that whole adage of like discharging further and recharging, does yep. that matter with lithium? And what are your thoughts? No, it, it doesn't cut into the, the life cycle of the battery, and it doesn't even count as a cycle on the on the charger. It won't count as a cycle on the charger unless you discharge below 80% and then fully charge it back up to 100%. Hmm. Cool. Well, look who's finished with basketball. Oh. Um, Brian says? Yeah, he just said he's done with basketball. <clears throat> um, Scott wants to know: Is there any benefit sharing, to the? <laughs> Scott wants to know if there's any benefit to using the power pole charger since they're so expensive with your system. Um, <clears throat> no. So if you've already got the power pole charge, uh, you can run it with the 16 volt running gun. But outside of that. Out there is not really a, a purpose. Now I will say that the power pole charge is it's constantly moving energy back and forth. And every time you do that, it takes energy to move energy. When you have lithium batteries, there is no point in taking it from this battery, moving it over to this battery, then moving it back to this battery and back to this battery. Um, that's why I like our system. It's It moves the energy once and, uh, and that's where it's at. Um, but like I said, with a lithium with a lithium battery, there's not really any point to just continue moving energy back and forth between batteries because, you know, chances are nine times out of ten you've already got enough energy, so moving it isn't doing you any good. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe the only thing, right, a power pole charger because it goes both ways, it might help cover up a mm-hmm. bad starting battery for you or help you limp by with a <laughs> a substandard uh, yeah starting battery maybe I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing we didn't go over. We've got a. I was going to say, Brian, we covered the cold weather storage in depth. If you go back and watch the beginning of the replay, but uh, so just check that on the replay when you get a moment. No, we've actually got a we've got a cranking battery with an emergency jump start button on it, which is really cool. It's a, it's a 105 amp hour cranking battery. Then we've got seven amp hours of reserve. So it's 112 amp hours total. 
Um, and it's got a little button on the top. It's got a little button. Um, you, you kill that battery. All you have to do is reach back there in your battery compartment, hold down on that button for about three seconds. And then you have 90 seconds to get back to your console and start your big motor up and get that, get that battery charging again. So basically we've actually you, uh, we've got what five, five, we got five restarts out of one, out of one reserve button when we were testing it. So, so it's supposed yeah, so to it's be a, it's basically one a warning is what get out of is. jail, a one get out of jail free card, but it actually, it sounds like it might give you a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It'll, we, we got five out of it. So. But in theory, right, like <laughs> the smart thing would be to do is to use the jump and then drive around for get a while going. Like your engine, yeah, alternator, right. like get. Yep. Cool. So I guess one of the things I guess is uh, lithium starting battery is a little bit newer. Um, and I guess there's been a little bit of like back and forth with manufacturers. Should you use a lithium? Should you not? Like. What's what's the story in the latest on, you know, lithium as a starting battery? So the verdict is still out on on Yamaha. We've ran them on a bunch of them, no issues. Uh, then, as of about four months ago, uh, Mercury came out with a bulletin with a bunch of specifications that they were requiring on their new on their new lithium cranking battery because Mercury Brunswick bought Relyon. So now all of a sudden, okay, you know. Uh, lithium cranking batteries are all of a sudden fine. Um, they happen to the, all of those specs that they released happen to happen to match Reliance um, battery that they had released. So we got our hands on this on these uh, on these specs and went to the drawing board. And so our cranking battery actually meets or exceeds every parameter that that Mercury requires in a lithium cranking battery now. Hmm. Very cool. So, so sounds like Mercury no issues running a lithium. Is that what you're saying? But Yamaha's it right. works, but yep. it technically doesn't Correct. meet their. Could you, if they wanted to be? No, Yamaha hasn't, hasn't came out. Right. So yeah, if, if Yamaha know, wanted, never, to be... I I haven't even heard of anybody with Yamaha. Right, but I'm saying like it technically, if they wanted to be unreasonable, they could probably void your warranty if they wanted to technically maybe but well they can't they're not they can't void your warranty um they can't void your warranty they could they could they could deny the claim on whatever sure whatever right yeah deny the claim on the, whatever could, it is if it, that they could assess was assess was related to it right mm-hmm. yep. yeah that's a better Which way to the say only it. thing that's would be like an you know the only thing related the only thing related to you know would be like an alternator or something along those lines but to be honest i haven't i haven't heard of that happening um i think i think mercury and yamaha are pretty pretty stand up with their with their uh sure with their warranty program and don't really give anybody a hassle but if you're one of those super risk adverse you know and you like to have all your t's crossed and all your i's dotted and everything then mm-hmm. maybe wait a few months yeah <laughs> Yeah, maybe wait. Yeah, it'll change. Russell says, what about that buy one, get one special on 36 volt, 100 amps? Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But 
Speaking yeah. of that, I guess we I didn't think, really touch on this. I think Russ this. is running one of our 16 volts. Uh, the guys at Powerhouse did offer a limited, I think, Ooh. a three-week three, three week code of HB10 for uh, 10% off. So if, uh, I don't know, if you guys found value and you were on the verge of potentially getting a system or getting a battery for your electronics or something like that, there is a, this is a discount code uh, for the people viewing this stream nice. tonight. So I really appreciate you guys sharing that with the audience and the community. Um, that's awesome. So, you know, if you guys want to use that, there will be, a, it will be down in the description. Hopefully you can remind, uh, remember HP 10. I'll probably delete it out just so it doesn't get like scrubbed by code scrubbers. Um, obviously, whether you're watching the replay here, uh, live or you're listening on the podcast HB10 right. uh, for a few weeks here. So basically, we'll say you know through through March, yeah. or take a little bit. Basically, through the classic, and, I guess would be a good way to look at it. Uh, right, the classic is right. three weeks from now, so that'd be a a good reminder to think of it. Yep, and uh, you know I know there's a lot more questions that probably were not answered. Um, we're, we're available pretty much seven days a week. If you have questions, you can call us and give us a code. We can, we can process your order that way too. Um, you know, otherwise if you're local in Minnesota, um, we do have uh, Intune Marine up in Richmond, Minnesota as a dealer. They're our exclusive uh, Minnesota dealer. So I think Rich has a pretty good relationship with those guys too. So they're not that bad. I mean, they're all right. I mean, they're all right. Um, yeah. Jeff's okay. I don't know about that Brian guy and, and that Teal guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I guess speaking of Intune, they are running their open house in two weeks. I guess three, March mm-hmm. 18th and 19th. We'll be there. Two and a half weeks. Oh, you're going to be there. So RJ is going to be there. Yep. So if you want to meet the RJ in person, you can go to the uh, <laughs> the open house. Uh, and I'll be there probably yep, a little bit. We will too, be there. We'll so. have a. We'll have a booth. Yeah, you'll be there. So perfect. Yeah. So, uh, and if you want to meet uh, Fish Brian, you know, that's an option. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but that is an mm. option. Mm. But uh, yeah, the uh, there it is the open house, March 18th and 19th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There'll be, uh, I'm, you know, there might be Sobe might be there at some point. I have no idea. But yeah, you can look at batteries, pontoons, electronics, Camus, Vexus, Phoenix, all that good stuff. So, um, Dan, you're in Minnesota. You can head up to the open house. I'm sure there'll be some kind of special or something going on. You can twist Brian's arm in person. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be a cool. And it'd be good to see some of you. People. I'm going to have to leave my there. wife at home on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave my wife at home. She's been begging me for a pontoon for a year now. So and they've got a lot. Well, of I mean, them if you're in, if I you're in Western Wisconsin, you, uh, if you're in Western Wisconsin, Intune's not far. But I guess are there any Wisconsin dealers for Intune? Uh, yeah, we do have Wisconsin dealers. Um, gosh. Um. Jacob Kuglich is his name. Uh, what's his? Let me look it up here. One second. You keep going. I'll find it. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm. I have uh, Critical Gravy and a few others. I am actively looking at flights and options to go to the classic. So um, 
I'm definitely leaning that way. I just got to figure out the logistics of it. As long as it doesn't cost me like literally an arm and a leg. Um, I'm kind of planning on it, bopping around the, uh, the, the convention. If, if I do, I definitely will. Once I get it booked, I will definitely post and let everybody know. We'll probably have some kind of meetup somewhere. I'll pick a booth or something and, you know, hang out somewhere where definitely could meet a bunch of people if people are going. Colby says, Vexus, Camus, or Phoenix buying a new boat? Um, I honestly say the Camus has been awesome. There's no wrong answer. That's for sure. I think uh, if you want the Cadillac ride, right, like just, you know, the Vexus has this, like, presence and size and magnitude. If that's, like, your thing where you just want, like, that then the vexus is the way to go um i think the camus and the phoenix phx series are really similar as far as like ride and performance and then the phoenix xps are probably a little faster and a little quicker but also really good um it's kind of personal preference it really just like what's your style and what's your what what do you like um but they're all sweet um yeah Grand, did you hear that, RJ? Grand, like 2024 classic. Yeah, I'm pumped. What are you, What are your thoughts on the on the 90 minute one way uh, ride with the fish? Oh, from we Tulsa. Discussing in our group chat the other night. Yeah, I mean, they've from, executed from, it sev- uh, several times, and it's cold enough that time of year. I don't think it's really an issue, and they've got like. You know, they'll have uh, what's it? Gene Gilliland will be there and he'll be heading up a crew and they'll be taking oxygen levels and adding ice and, right. you know, oxygen. I mean, they got they got everything set up, so it's not really an issue, uh, I don't think. Um, yeah, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's there is some bonuses Holy if you cow. are looking at shopping for boats at the uh, Intune Open House where they're giving away some Omnia gift cards and you can win an HCS 9 just for showing up and. So yeah, there'll be a lot going on. Are we eligible? So if you just want to get out of the house and talk fishing, like the into an open house. Um, yeah, Colby, if you like your Triton, then I would get a Camus. Like they're like the new and improved version of a Triton, in my opinion. If you want something a little different, Phoenix. If you want to go bigger and you know, then maybe Vexus. So, uh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, uh, how are you doing for time? How's your battery hanging she in? Thinks I'm boat uh, we're getting close. I know. I think, uh, shoot, I can't even tell here. I've got 17%. All right. We'll have to pick probably a, a couple of, close to the end. So, yeah, a couple of key questions here. Let me uh, see. Like, so we might, we might have to do this again. You didn't think we'd be able to talk batteries and, and boats for an hour. And like, it's, I didn't think we could talk batteries for an hour, man. But 
Right. But we still got lots lots uh, of questions. Let's I'm trying to find uh, the uh we've got a dealer in uh Neshota, Nashota, Wisconsin, the boathouse. I was looking for the Wisconsin dealer question earlier. Mm-hmm. Um and then we've got uh man, I guess the, three the biggest ones. thing uh, is five if you five star I don't think there's a, like a dealer listing on the website, right? But you can call in or send an email to the nope. website. I'll out. Somebody will get I'll back to you, right, with your closest. Yep. Um, if you... Yeah, and our, my number's on there as well. I mean... Right. Go ahead. Um, so like, yeah, or questions you didn't get answered or I didn't cover it in enough detail or we glossed over it. Like, that's what... RJ and Bob do they they field questions and get people set up and like I mean that's I mean what would you say percentage wise of people that do like okay if, if they're just buying a battery or something sure but like people that get full systems like what percentage just order versus calling in and like getting it all figured out and set up like ooh yeah and that's the thing about our about our our system is it's it's not a one size fits all it's it's pretty specialized so yeah the the rate of people that call in uh before they purchase is is pretty high and uh you know typically i'd say the average the average phone call is 30 to 45 minutes but we'll walk you through the whole entire process from your cranking battery all the way to your all the way to your trolling motor batteries and kind of figure out what your needs are and and size you out right so you don't get something you don't need or or miss something that you do need you get everything in one shot Um, but yeah we're pretty much always available to walk you through a walk you through a system and and uh get you what you need but like it's it's the norm and it's kind of i mean don't feel like you're bothering oh yeah it's probably 90 (laughs) yeah Yeah. no and and, you know when you're making an an investment that large it's you know it's it's probably a better thing that you give us a call and and make sure you get what you need um this is we haven't really touched on this this is kind of interesting so shallow water anchors, like, do you recommend running off the starting battery, the trolling motor, the, like, does it matter? Can you run your power <clears throat> off 36 volt system or do you have to run off the 12? I have no idea. How does that work? Yeah, you're always going to want to leave those on your cranking battery. Uh, we're going to leave all the lights and pumps on your cranking battery. Uh, definitely not on a, on a 16 volt system. That would I can't imagine how much how much noise that power poles uh, inject into the system. Probably wouldn't be good for your imaging. So if you're running 12 volt trolling motor batteries, you could use your shallow water anchors over there, but you're recommended to use them off your cranking. Yeah. It, but if you start getting into any of the, yeah, no, the non 12 volt batteries, yep. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. So yeah. No, yeah, you can single it out on on your first in series and and uh, run it off of that. Yeah, definitely. And I've I've seen a bunch of guys do that. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but that's another thing, right? The sixteen volt system, right? If you separate that, then you can put your anchors on that, and then your anchors are on the same power source as your graphs, and it keeps it clean. That's just a whole nother, right? Yep. Um, yep. No, definitely. Yep. There's been a couple questions about ice fishing portable systems. Like, what do you guys offer or recommend for smaller portable, whether it's ice fishing or John boats or canoes or kayaks? Like, what what kind of like what's the 
what's your recommendation or go-to batteries for that? So, you know, there's a lot more to that question that, that I would need. Um, you know, how long are you, ice, how long are you out on the ice for? Uh, <clears throat> so the, the most common live scope setup is going to be a 93 SV, which draws one and a half amps. And then your, your GLS 10 black box, which is three quarters of an amp. So you're at two and a quarter amps to draw on, on 12 volt. Uh, so, you know, multiply, if you want to fish for 10 hours, then you need 20, 22 and a half amp hours um on 12 volt and then obviously 16 volt would be would be right around 70 percent of that so you guys have some smaller like what what are what i guess what yeah are we've got a popular <clears throat> we've got a uh we've got a 12 volt six amp hour eight amp hour and a 12 amp hour um we have i know i know uh ben milliken he was running the he was running his live scope off of off of uh the 12 amp hour and, and had good results ice fishing so <clears throat> you know that's that's an option you can double them up you can run two of them in parallel you can run two of those in parallel and have 24 amp hours um, we're also going to bring back which it kind of went away for a while just because it wasn't as popular. But now we're at, we've got all kinds of demand for it, but the, the 12 volt 30 amp hour, uh, we'll be bringing that back relatively soon. Um, and then past that, you're looking at like the 16 volt 48 amp hour, which that battery is only about six and a half inches cubed. So it's not very big, pretty portable. It's only about 15 pounds, but it's just a ton, a ton of power. I mean, you can run, you could probably fish, a three-day weekend from daylight till dark and uh and still have plenty of power left for for as little as that unit is it's got a it's it's got a ton of power so this this that's what you're talking about this one 1648 yeah right yep And that uh, that switch is something that we didn't really talk about too. That's kind of cool. That three-way pergo. This one. Yep. Yeah. Well, so cool that switch. Um, we do a lot. We do a lot of those on. Huh, we, we do a lot of those on our uh, on our sixteen volt systems. What I do is I, I rig my my sixteen volt on the number one post on the back. And I hook up my 12 volt cranking battery to the number two post and it's a backup system is what it is. So if you're ever out on the water and that 16 volt battery dies, all you have to do is reach back in your battery compartment, flip that switch from number one over to number two. And now all of your graphs and transducers that were hooked to your 16 volt are now running off of your 12 volt cranking battery, uh, which is, which is a real cool backup. It's something we do with, with about every system. We've got some kind of way, to have a backup nice yeah that is that is pretty cool so like right i mean yeah, you'd have to go back cool. to archaic 12 volts for your grass for the afternoon but at least you'd be fishing with <laughs> yeah yeah you, <laughs> you got that right 
That's cool. Yeah, a lot of great information. Uh, so if you guys came in late, I definitely think it's worth going back and re-listening to this um, for sure. Sean, late to the party. But uh, yeah, I think this one, if, if you're interested in boat batteries and amp hours and all that stuff, I think the, uh, lots of good stuff to go back and catch if you came in late. Did you mention All Out Marine in Wisconsin? Yeah, all out marine, uh, Jack Jack Kuglich. Yep, he's a dealer. Um, a couple guys asked about the nation qualifiers. We'll probably talk. You know what? RG will probably go in a little bit, and maybe we'll we'll dive into some of that stuff. Um, yeah, Bob's gonna die of starvation here pretty quick. So, so I appreciate your time, RJ. Uh, awesome. That uh, was good catching up. I learned a lot. I'm especially intrigued by the 16 volt system. I might have to be using that HB 10 code myself uh, to get uh, a 16 volt battery for the, uh, the camera sure. to, to, to get a little, get a little more heat out of the 360 in the, in the live scope. So yeah. Um, appreciate it. Yeah. We'll probably hang on here and talk for a little bit more with the people hanging out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to answer any uh, battery questions. I'm not qualified for, but I uh, appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, see you at the open house in a couple weeks um yeah uh, yeah you know. i'll be there we will see you then all right, all right well, go enjoy yourself on, and safe travels will do stay safe <laughs> we'll see you bye <laughs> all right well that was that was pretty cool yeah lots of good information here joe says he's been using the code tonight for the 16 volt awesome joe yeah um yeah i just i there were so many more questions i got a bunch more start here but like literally he yeah, I think he said at the beginning he only had his truck charger for his phone. It was in the truck, and so he had no way to plug in his phone. So Troy and a few other people, Trenton, you guys had some. Um, I think if your live scope is telling you you're only getting 10.10 volts, that you either have a battery issue or you have a wiring issue. But that is my uneducated uh, answer. Like, you should be much closer to 12 if you've got a good battery and your wiring is set up, um, you know, 12, 12 plus. I know when I plug my Garmin in, I'm starting out at, you know, close to 13 at the beginning of the day. So you're probably not getting the performance you need. And it could be a wire gauge. It could be the wiring setup. It could be the battery. They're just, you know, that'd be something you'd have to really just kind of troubleshoot. But that doesn't seem like a great solution based on my limited knowledge trend. Um, yeah, try saw your question. That would have been a good one to get in. Um, if you're using a lithium as a starting and cranking battery, is it, you go dead, can you jump it off a portable pack? I believe so. You can also, I think, jump off your troll motor batteries, but as long as they're 12 volt troll motor batteries, if you have 24 or 36 amp troll motor batteries, you cannot jump them. You definitely want to carry a jump pack in that case. But like, I think he also mentioned their lithium batteries have a built-in jumper. So that's also good. Um, Clay, uh, downfalls of lithiums. We kind of covered that in a little bit more in depth. RJ gave his kind of spiel at the beginning, but yeah, I mean, if upfront price he even gave some examples where the upfront price, if you compare it to like some of the, I forget what the company, like the X2 lithiums. I mean, some of those are, I don't know, three, 400 bucks a piece. And I think he said you could get a 36 volt lithium for $900. So sometimes they're really not that far off. 
Um, but he covered a bunch of that early on. I'm not going to speak for him. Uh, Dan, you know, these like runtime volt questions, that's a, a great question to call and, and get the calculations. Um, yeah. So this related to your other question, Trenton, if you're running a 24 AGM with five graphs, that's probably part of your problem with your 10.10 volts. I definitely would consider bumping up to a 31 AGM at minimum. Darius definitely has been uh, very happy with his lithiums. I've got some 12 volt lithiums for my trolling motor. And I definitely think we didn't really talk a lot about trolling motors, but I feel like um, they are pretty legit. Like, I feel like you definitely get more snort and more energy. Like your trolling motors run better and hotter on lithium anecdotally. Brian says X2s are 460 a piece. Uh, yeah, Daniel says undersized wiring. That's why I kind of custom, I think I used 10 gauge. I either ran 12 gauge to my live scope and 10 to my box or 10 it was either is either 12 and 10 or 10 and 8. Um yeah, well, I guess he needs a <laughs> you know the thing is if you don't bring the uh the, the like the cord for your iPhone and you only have the one in the truck, it doesn't do you much good. Um yeah, I definitely the that run and gun sounds like a great way to me. Like my opinion of like if i'm going to invest in lithium i actually have trolling motor batteries and i do think that's good but if i was only going to invest in one portion of lithium it would be to get a 12 or a 16 volt dedicated electronics battery i think if you were going to invest in lithium and you're a person that uses your graphs and your electronics i think that is where you're going to get your biggest bang of your buck then secondly trolling motor also I think is a pretty good investment if you if you if you fish a lot and you're on the troll motor a lot and you're tournament fishing and you're fishing 10 12 hour days and back to back days I think that would be my second most important and I think to me the cranking battery is kind of a distant third as far as like how I would invest in lithium but that's that's just my opinion um Oh interesting clay well maybe you can come on sometime and uh lead the stream <laughs> Uh, that is one thing uh i have heard different things is that sometimes the weight reduction depending on the boat they don't necessarily uh it changes the way boats run sometimes positive sometimes negatively um what's up gabe Steve says he has a 30 amp and his back gives out long before the battery when ice fishing. Yeah, I guess we, I missed this one, John. So I guess I would just uh, send an email or call them and they would probably tell you, I know they just set up a bunch of new, he was telling me they were traveling through Alabama, setting up dealers there. So um, I would just call the shop or send them an email. Uh, qualifiers, a couple people talked about the Bass Nation. I've known about this for a little while. Uh, so I think a lot more people are going to get the opportunity to go to the, 
the qualifiers, which replaced the regionals. Um, <clears throat> a little bit higher entry fee, which I think is can be somewhat good because if you do well in these tournaments, I think you can actually like get some money back and actually make some money and be somewhat profitable as as profitable as you can be in tournament fishing, which in general is not a great profitable uh, way to spend your money. So I think like if you get a top 10 or a top 20 at a, a qualifier, I think you're actually going to do pretty well financially with a 250 boat tournament on a $400 entry fee. Um, so I think that's good. We're going to get, you know, more people are going to get a chance to fish in uh, a nationals, which gets more people a, a chance it's definitely going to take, I know they said they're still going to make it a big event. It's going to be a spectacle, but it's, I don't think it's ever going to be quite the same as the the three that I fished, which were like 50, 55 boat nationals, which were like mini classics as far as how they were run with boat yards and putting you up in hotels and busting you back and forth. They're, it's definitely going to be much more of a Bassmaster open. Like the qualifiers will be like your regular Bassmaster opens. And I think the championship will be like the old Bassmaster open championship. Not saying that's not a big event, but I think it'll definitely be a little different. Um, I've heard rumors, they have not published this, but I've heard that they're hoping that the national champion will cash prize might be closer to a hundred thousand dollars. Whereas I think, uh, Maddie Wong and Will Davis Jr. probably run around 20 when they won. So that'll be a big deal for the person that wins that. I mean, then if you win the national championship, you'll be in a much better position to move on to the elites, um, with that that uh you know living the dream boat package uh your entry fee credits and then you win a thousand you know whether it's 50 or a hundred thousand dollars more then you're going to be in a much better position to uh to move on to the elites yeah you know they're still only going to send three so it's going to be three to the classic out of 250 instead of 50 so um more people getting a seat at the table but your chances of making it once you make the nationals definitely are not as high um I mean, really, right? You got to think about this. They're basically taking the Bass Nation and they're taking the single division opens where they took that away, right? The people that are like the working man, I don't no longer can fish three opens and make it to the class or make it to the elites. And they basically are just taking those together and kind of smashing it up into a new Bass Nation program to appease both sides. Um, I think there's some good. I think there's some downside. Um, but overall, I guess we're all still for the most part fishing for each other's money. <laughs> uh, and we got to try some new things. We got to make some changes and, you know, uh, if we just stay stagnant, um, and, uh, that's, you know, so, you know, I'm open I'm trying to be open-minded and, uh, I'll definitely be participating. Um, yeah, I think that's right. If you're only getting 10 volts out of 12 volt battery, the battery's dead. So that would tell me that there is some kind of loss in his system. Gopher Hayes. I grew up in Kentucky, learned on the land between the lakes, moved to Wisconsin, uh, where fishing is easy, like Minnesota. I don't know why you became a walleye nut, but okay. You may be over by Bago. Uh I guess the biggest thing you'll see here is that like we get a lot of bites uh, in tournament fishing here. So like, uh, and depending on your, you, you might've been around in Kentucky back when it was really good, but uh, fishing is pretty good up here. You got to learn to fish grass. Um, other than that, I mean, bass fishing hasn't changed that much, you know, uh, join the local club. That's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. You, know, you learn 
you find buddies in your area, you learn the lakes, you learn tips, you learn kind of the local what works in this region. Uh, that would be my recommendation is just join a Bass Nation Club. Ooh, that's a good point. We'll probably look at that. I'm thinking maybe a members-only stream Friday night. What do you guys think? Maybe a little after-hours Hellabass, open some tackle. I was thinking about maybe re-watching like an old Bassmaster Elite series and do kind of like a mystery theater-type reaction to it. Uh, I think my understanding is Minnesota is getting six direct qualifiers to the Natty based on our membership. And then the next whatever 10 or 20 slots will go to the, the qualifiers. Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be, hopefully they, they think about through some of these things, JJ, and hopefully, hopefully the people that are in established clubs and people that fish state tournaments will get priority. Like there'll be like waves. And so that the, the nation guys, like the established nation guys will get at least a window to fill up these qualifiers before people that just have like just a bare nation member. But I guess we'll see. Ed Cowan won 15,000 in 1991, 2005. Yeah. So, and I think uh, when I took second at the regional, Northern regional, uh, the guy that won, won 5k and I got 3k for second. And, you know, so I think that prize pool should go up considerably for both the qualifiers and the nationals. A couple people saying they're down. Fridays. Nope. Oh, I think I'll probably open the 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 Omnibox on Friday or a feature stream. Um, gotta have some mystery. Um, anything else going on? Other questions? Uh, looking for. I got. I got to start this weekend. I'll be looking into more details for the classic. So if there's anybody's going for sure, or they they got an open spot or an open bed, or they're headed that way, and I'd be happy to 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 keep costs down if there's anybody interested. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'll be at the open, the in tune open house a couple weeks. Um, yeah, I'll try to get that probably scheduled tomorrow so that it'll send out a notification at least a day in advance for the members only stream. I heard uh, Jordan Lee and, and Pangrak talking about their that evening stream detail, and they were like reminiscing over those old elites. And I watched them on YouTube, and I was like, you know, it'd be fun. Like, get a bunch of us in a little watch party, members only. We'll watch and comment and react to kind of some old elite series because there was some pretty cool stuff. There was like a, a a vibe back then that it was different, and I think it'd be kind of fun to to hang out and chat about that. Maybe I could convince somebody to come on and and uh, react to the. Uh, the streams or maybe one of you would like to come on the video <clears throat> aj would you want to come on and, and 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 talk about uh old school bass elite the big furry spoon you know, I kind of trimmed it, Sean. It's probably not as bad, you remember? Like, back in Christmas, this thing was like... Nick, you'd come on and talk? All right, maybe I'll... Uh, hit me up in my DMs on Instagram, anybody that wants to come on Friday night and uh, kind of have a conversation about... A... We, we could check with TK. You know, he's got his own Patreon 
stream. So I don't know if he wants to hang out in my member stream now. So, um, yeah, that that's definitely one. I watched the uh, Ishman, the first ever Ishman Row uh, first level elite series last night as when I went to bed. That was that was pretty fun. Um, so we're talking about rooming together, spoons sliding into my DMs. This has really derailed at the end of the stream. <clears throat> All right. Well, lots of people said they'd be in. So, uh, Sean, where have you been? You're not part, part. What do we call it? We're the tackle campers with a K. Man, Sean, you missed out. You missed out on the Marty Burns where he hand carved a balsa in front of all our faces two weeks ago. Come on, Sean. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, he actually has one tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. There's a TK Patreon stream. Uh, it's a big Bagley show. So I'll be I'll be hanging out tomorrow night most likely with uh, in the TK and in the, in the comments. Uh, his first stream was pretty good. Uh, his first Patreon. So, did you get the results of your bar yet? Are you still like waiting in anticipation? Yeah, Ed, I I definitely. Uh, I, I, I want to have you on one of these days. We'll have to, I'll have to send you a DM because I think you've got some great stories about the old school Bass Nation that I would love to hear. I've definitely seen you on Ike's show and a few other places, and I think you got a lot of perspective that would be cool to get that uh, from back in the day. Dun, dun, dun. Short stream tonight. Maybe I'll go visit with my family. That'd be weird. Yeah, Sean, when do you hear on the results? Everybody wants to know. <clears throat> Otherwise, um, next week's going to be a little iffy. <laughs> uh, because I might have to travel for work. So I will do a stream next week. I just don't know when it's going to be. It depends on when that work travel happens. It might be a Thursday or Friday stream instead of a Wednesday stream next week. But then in two weeks on the, was it the 15th maybe Wednesday? I'm having Shane Durance, who's one of the Bassmaster Elite Series photographers. He's going to come on and give us some like behind the seats nuggets and stories from being photographer for Bassmaster Elite tournaments. So I think um, that'll be pretty cool. <clears throat> Did they send an email about their terminal sale? So you won't know till April, Sean. What's up, Everest? No drawing tonight, so you're you won't win tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, when do you think you're going to get a question mark? Oh, nice. Yeah, that would be some great stories, Ed. Uh, When do I think I'm going to get on the water? That's a good question. Hmm. I mean, I would think if I go to the classic, when I come back, we'll be pretty close to getting on the river up here, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I grabbed a reel. 
and some baits to take advantage of that 2x premium points sale that ended on the 27th. So I'll show those off a different... Uh, the premium is the deal. Yeah, they're running there in the middle. They're on week two of their four-week spring spectacular. <clears throat> so... Uh, lots of good stuff from Omnia. I guess they're trying to get ahead of the classic stuff because typically the other people. So Omnia's MO seems to be like they run, they like to run their big sales right before, right? So like most of November, they run their big sales and then they don't do much. They just do a few doorbusters at Black Friday. And then now it seems like they're ramping up in the beginning of March, doing a bunch of big sales and premium point stuff. And then they probably won't do a lot at the classic and then they'll let the other people. So I think, um, yeah. Yeah, the Omnia, the, the membership is a good deal. Got a boy, JJ. It's good for the soul. Just what the doctor prescribed. I have not caught a bass since November 12th. <clears throat> but I did catch a snook, a little baby snook in mid-January. Does that count? They're kind of like a saltwater bass. Just a cute little guy, about like that. That is true. I have heard that. Like, I don't think they outly, but typically Omnia will match other people's sales within reason, unless it's like a clearance type situation. True, true, AJ. True, true. And there's a new code. I guess I didn't, uh, forgot to update that. If you guys haven't cracked the algorithm on how the code charge changes every month for my code uh i'll throw it up on the bottom of the screen there officially is a new code so if you use the february code and you were waiting for the march code so you could use it and get an order in there's the new code omhb 23 mar and then obviously the arsenal code's still good dan is supposed to be having a bunch of good stuff like some new swim jigs and some new apparel and some new tools and a bunch of stuff uh coming uh landing soon at arsenal so Snook or Smalley's on crack. I did. I think I saw your little uh, IG post with your your cute little bass, AJ. I need to go to Saint Clair. That's on my list. Yeah, they need to get back. There's some stuff that needs to get back in stock. I don't know if they're waiting on dealers or if they haven't ordered it. Um, oh. So JJ says Snook or Smalley's on crack. Hercule Gravy says Snook is a saltwater pike. Those are two very different opinions. Size matters on the Big Bass podcast. That's what they say on Ken Duke and uh, Mr. Batista. Size matters on the Big Bass podcast. I, I only have the uh, the Omnia membership. Have not uh, found a need for the American Legacy. Well, don't tempt me with a good time. <clears throat> I just need to find the time. I'm actually thinking about. I was looking at my tournament schedule today, and I'm actually thinking about going less aggressive. I'm still going to fish a bunch of tournaments, but I'm going to fish a bunch of tournaments. I think where I won't have to take a bunch of time off from work, where I'll just like bop off Friday afternoon, pre-fish Saturday fish a one-day Sunday tournament and save my vacation time and maybe do more cool stuff like go visit Steve 
or somebody else and go fish Lake St. Clair or go down and meet AJ at Okaboji or meet TK and AJ and go out to Big Stone um, and uh, do more of that stuff. So I think that might be maybe in the MO. Do more destiny, more meet trips where I get to destiny, like go meet some really cool people and film some really good fishing, not in a tournament situation and still fish tournaments, but maybe focus more of my PTO on doing some cool stuff or maybe taking days off work when it's really nice and just go fishing locally and crack on them and not fight the crowds on the weekends. So we'll see that that might be the thing I'm kind of talking myself into not fishing the BFLs and fishing the TBF team trail and a couple state tournaments and, you know, having more fun doing more cool stuff. So that might be the plan. Maybe go down and visit the dock Doc Patton and and the friends down and go fish the river and hang out. Maybe something like that. See, I don't even know what the pits are, but that sounds awesome, Nick. Uh, thoughts on uh, going back to Grant? Uh, geographically, it would be an easier, shorter drive for me to go there than Knoxville um it just seems like it's one of the things i mean there's just like with the time frame they're having the classic and there's only a certain amount of lakes that can hold it that are near metropolitan areas that are going to cough up the cash that have the infrastructure so we're kind of stuck in a rut where there's probably only what six or eight places they can reasonably have a classic um yeah go down with jj and dustin um, so I guess I'm not surprised, right? It's like, it's grand. It's Hartwell. It's Gunnersville. Um, Knoxville. Like, I don't know. There's probably only six or eight places reasonably to have it. You know, I don't think the Delta, <laughs> I think the Delta fishery is not what it used to be. Uh, maybe throw some swim baits, Nick big bait yeah so if people if you guys got ideas for cool filming up the things uh, that's part of the thing is i do want to be able to film these and bring these to everybody so if we can do it in a way that doesn't expose your spot and makes it a cool uh story to tell on video um that's the one you know thing about the classic is like the spring classic is cool the summer classics are tough but I think a rotating classic or an alternating classic would be really cool because, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have a thousand Island classic or a Champlain classic? I mean, I don't know if those cities have the infrastructure to hold it. I mean, but it would be really nice to be able to see a little more variety and have some more, you know, lacrosse or something as a classic or I don't know, but I don't know if that's, that's probably a pipe dream. Oh my gosh, Nick trout vitamin T. Um, interesting but would philly send the money to bass to lure them that would be the question chicago ruins it for everybody sean you should know that by now. 
what else is going on? Thanks to Arsenal for supporting the stream and the channel as usual. Um, but you know what? My wife and kids are flying out in the morning, so I'm probably going to go visit with them and call this a stream at just under two hours. Appreciate everybody that came in. If you came in late, this one's definitely worth a listen. Uh, yeah, we, we need to convince TK to come up to Pigstone. That'll be good. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming in. This stream is definitely worth it. I think I say that most of the time, but I really feel like the 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 technical uh, expertise shared by RJ, there was a lot to learn there. Uh, so I think listening to it on the podcast, Facebook replay, the YouTube replay, well worth a listen. If you need a lithium battery, use that code. It's out there. You know, 10% is 10% on a lithium battery. So um, probably see most of you guys Friday night. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. Thanks, everybody. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.